Hey, hey, it's Andy Anas, and welcome into another episode of Let's Rage Kooks, presented by the Saxinian family. I am Andy Anas. You can't see it on the screen, but you can follow me on Twitter at Anas underscore five. And we're coming off the heels of yet another victory for the number one ranked Houston Cougars men's basketball team the number one team in both the Associated Press, USA Today's coaches polls, the net rankings, Ken Palm, uh, whatever other kind of rankings. On and on. Yeah, keep going. Statistics, yeah. whatever floats your boat, whatever is your go-to source when it comes to the rankings. The Houston Cougars are probably going to be number one in those rankings. But in this game in particular, they had they were in a battle for first place in the American Athletic Conference, believe it or not, had Tulane been able to upset the, the Cougars in New Orleans. They would have jumped ahead for first place in the American Athletic Conference. But now that was not the case. Houston came out victorious on Tuesday night inside of the Deadland Fieldhouse. And an interesting game. It seemed like first Tulane came out, they were hot from the field. It seemed like Tulane always had an answer for something that Houston, the run that Houston was able to make. And then when the Cougars were able to create separation towards halftime again, they had a big four-point play that kept it just within eight points. Started the second half. Marcus Sasser catches on fire. And when I mean on fire, he was he could have missed literally he hit his first four baskets of the game three straight of the half not of the game three straight three-point shots to open up the second half and he helped build a 16-point lead for Houston I mean honestly at that point right there I thought the game had ended but give Tulane credit they went on 11-1 run they got within five and then the Cougars went on their final run to put the game out of reach but joining me as always Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review, Dayon Dunlap. How are you two doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Big road win for the Cougs. The Tulane folks were hyped up, and I had a colleague who called the game, David Grubb, called the game, sending me reels and stuff before the game about, you know, the pregame hype surrounding it and everything. But the Cougs answered the challenge, made a great closing run with offense which is different for, for this Houston Cougar team than previous teams, but they got it done and on to the next. Yeah, I'm doing good as well, man. Houston looked good. And we talked about them being more consistently as a team offensively on our last podcast. And I think they took another step continuing by doing um, what they did tonight from the floor. Absolutely. So where do you guys want to start? Should we start with Marcus Sasser, who, again, he's just been on fire in the second half these past two games for Houston. Could we start with Jawan Robertson from on Mark, who really kept Houston? They started the game offensively, putting up all the points for the Cougars. Can we start with Jamal Shedd with seven assists and scoring he was able to do? And I think the biggest thing as I list off a lot of these names is that pick a weapon because the Houston Cougars are loaded. Jarvis Walker played for after missing a game due to an illness he had, and he was on the floor. They didn't need him to score, and the Cougars were still managed. They just have so many weapons, and I just continue to list off names down the list. Where do we start? And that's – think about uh, being an opposing team trying to game plan for the Houston Cougars. They, they got to be trying to answer the same question. Where do we start? I mean, let's start at the beginning of the game, in the first half. They went to Juan Roberts because – because of the way Tulane played, they really played four guards and kind of a big. And Juan went down low and scored in the post. And what he was five for five or, or six for six. So he got started. Then Tremont got started. And what is this now? Two or three games in a row for Marcus Sasser 
uh, getting it done in the second half as a closer. I think, Dan, you need, you need to coin, coin the nickname, man, and it's called Marcus Sasser, the closer, and get that a shirt as well in our repertoire for Les Rage Cougs. But uh, different times, different players stepped up. And in the little two-and-a-half-minute stretch down the stretch of the game, almost every Coug scored, <laughs> you know, to, you know, Sasser scored, Shed scored, Jarrett with, with that tremendous turnaround jumper. Balanced scoring, man. I mean, that's what it is. And we've said it all. Fans know it here watching the show. Follow the Cougs. If the Cougs shoot 40% or better from three, man, they are going to be hard as hell to beat. And they did it again tonight, man. They're winning with offense. Despite turnovers in the first half, they still got it done. Yeah, I think I like starting there at the beginning because um, – I think Jaywan really, really welcomed Jarrett's back because they really play well together because Jarrett's ability to knock down that outside shot to give Jaywan more room to operate down low um, versus last game when he started with um, JVA. And so to see him get off that good start early and also Tremont get off to a good start early to kind of keep to get the, the team off to some rhythm offensively. And then as they, as they continue on, I, I just feel like, their chemistry really is just sticks out to me. It seems like they're free flowing offensively, even in the half court. I know um, at times they had that that drought, but it really was due to missed shots. They really get good shots, good quality shots, probably on 80, 85, 70% of their possessions. And early they were getting the shots that won. And Jay Wan, he does a really good job getting to his left hand. I know it's on the scouting report. But he does his little shimmy fakes, a little hard fakes to get his left hand. And once he gets um, inside, he's really hard to stop. And so credit to him and credit to, again, the coaching staff. They do a great job of um, identifying a matchup that they want to attack and executing by attacking that matchup. And you could tell it was a conscious effort to get the ball into J1. You need a good job getting them off to that start. You know, think about this, guys. Earlier in the season, I think what one of the first two Les Rage Cougs post-game shows, we talked we talked about it. The zone defense opponent who talked at the Cougs was a problem. More they've seen it this season, the less a problem it's become. Tulane yeah. was like they started in the zone. Cougs like, okay, bucket, inside, bucket, bucket, bucket. They were 13 for 16 to start the game. Ron Hunter's got to be like, Damn, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you know, so. and, and, it, and it looked like early on, I don't want to say they were letting Tremont shoot, but I think they rather Tremont shoot early in that zone. And he would, to his credit, was knocking them down because you got uh, Jamal bringing the ball over and he's going to pressure the defense. And they're putting the extra emphasis on not allowing Marcus to get a good look and probably even Jairus. And then the ball movement was so good. Tremont was locked and loaded. and He knocked them, the jumpers down early to kind of make them stretch out that zone and even um, eventually switch it up. But, yeah, that's a good point, Chris. They did see the zone early in the season. And the more times they've seen it, the better they've gotten to execute against them. And absolutely. You guys mentioned it when it comes to Calvin Sampson. That's something that he mentioned in his postgame, something they were going to touch on later on as well. It's in regards to how well Houston was able to move the ball on offense. And when it comes to what Ron Hunter, Ron Hunter had to say, let's check out what he had to say. But before we do, 
we do like to take a pause and recognize that you are watching and are listening to Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxonian family, who is the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cooks for the remainder of the Houston Cougars men's basketball regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. Let's Rage Cooks streaming live shortly after each Houston football and men's basketball game on YouTube, on the Houston Rob Bar Review, and audio only the next day, wherever you get Pod Slam Jamma on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other audio only platforms. And of course, our other partners for today's episode of Let's Rage Coops, beginning with HOUNIL.com, the subscription based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar student athletes and fans. HOUNIL helps Houston athletes benefit from the new name, image, and likeness rules. Athletes can create original content in their own words, giving subscribers giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the players need is for you to subscribe, and plans start at just $20 a month. Repeat it again. They start at just $20 a month, and that money goes to UH athlete. Athlete subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on a national stage. Subscribe at HOUNIL.com. And as always, go Cougs. One more time, that's $20 a month at HOUNIL.com. And, of course, our other partners for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, who just put out a new star pizza commercial starring Ryan Elvin and Dejan Giroux that we aired last week following Houston's victory over South Florida. And be sure to check them out on social media. If you haven't checked out the video yet, you got to because it was funny, it was comedic, and perfect way to promote star pizza who is one of our other sponsors for today's episode of let's rage cougs with various locations across the houston area star pizza has been houston's best pizza since 1976 be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net where not only you can check out their menu but you can even order online and stop by at any one of their locations and be ready to pick up some pizza star pizza houston's best pizza since 1976 and without further ado check out what Tulane head coach Ron Herner had to say following Houston's 80 to 60 victory this past Tuesday night I mean I'm proud of my teammates you know we'll, we'll, we'll get them back well I'm gonna yeah um, as I said before man when you come in here and, and you start a program and you try to build a program and get COVID and all the things that we got I have never had a moment where I took a step back and said you know what um you know, I'm, I'm really proud of what I've done. Today was the first day. And not so much. I mean, I've been, I've been other places, but uh, when I walked out and I saw just the people that were there and the support that we've got, um, and I wasn't happy for me. I'm happy for our kids. Because you got to understand, we go to Cincinnati and we go to Wichita State and we go to Houston. We always do this. This is normal for us on the road. But for our kids to have this, it was really special. And uh, that's, you know, that's that's part of what, you know, again, I want these guys to get before them and the, the full environment of what's going on. One day this guy's going to come back and it's always He's going to come back and he's going to call me with the, his 8 to 10 kids he's going to have. And then, and, then, <laughs> and then he's going to say, wow, Coach, I was a part of something that started special. And so, uh, again, if I can just say this, I thank you to every one of our, our all of our students, all, all of our fans, our alumni. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is not a whole thing. Uh, but for someone who came in here and uh, my first game here, we had barely 200 people. To what we're doing now, I just want to say thank you. That has nothing to do with me for our program. Thanks for the love of Next question, right there. 
Yeah, for both of you guys. But what was it about Houston that was, was just so challenging um, to play against? Is it just how they constantly, it always seems like they, they constantly had an answer for a run you guys would have? Well, uh, you got to understand, I mean, uh, Houston was in the Tulane part when Kelvin took the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I followed everything they've done. Even before I took this job, when I was thinking about taking this job, I was watching with Houston, how he came to turn around to this program. Remember, Houston was terrible. And he kind of did this. And so he's, he's built the thing to a to, you know, number one team in the country. And so I, I, I'm not trying to rip into the I am absolutely studying every little thing that they've done. And that's what I mean when I say we're heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I, I really believe, you know, our league changes a little bit next year. But uh, everything that I've done, I've studied. I've done this before. But at this level, I had to find somebody to, you know, figure. When I was at IEQI, there was a team kind of like this. It was Valparaiso. And Valpo on the Sweet 16. And I had to say it at the program division one. So you got to find that one team that you got to just work every single day to catch. And that's been a team. So uh, give them the credit, man. They're, they're talented. That's mm-hmm. talented. I've been doing this a long time. That's a really, really talented basketball team. They're older, and they got good guards. And so, but I got a good team. We didn't win the game. Man, I've got, I've got a good team here. When you had it within five and 11 or one run, um, I think that was a key moment they were able to respond. What, what did you think that he's did well, and you guys maybe you should have done better at that pivotal point? Well, I looked at one of my sisters. I, I, I said, I'm going to use timeouts to rest him. I wasn't going to suck. I, I, I thought, you know, one of the things that is, that's tough for our program is that we don't have a lot of guys that, that sometimes the moment the, the moment can be too big. And so I, I, I was going to ride her down with my starters for about 38 games. I knew that coming in. Uh, this was one of those games where, you know, we would play a lot of people because, again, their strength is in numbers. They've got a lot of guys that have been here. So I, went, I, I was going to use the timeout. I thought we were, I knew we were tired and needed timeout. But uh, I just thought we could just hang on or they could miss some shots. Uh, and neither one of those two things happened. Yeah, and the Sasser's three-point shooting kind of make a big difference in that game, too. I mean, he's, he's a good player. You know, so I think that, that what you saw, the two best guards in this league, Sasser and Forbes. <laughs> I don't care what, I know the lot, but the two best guards in this league, you saw on this play tonight. And, and I really believe it. I'll, I'll go to war with this league here. But Sasser made great plays. That's what good players do. You know, And, you know, the difference is he was able to wrestle with it. I couldn't rest this guy. He comes off the floor, our numbers analytically just go down, so I had to keep on floor. Any questions? Uh, did anyone ask about Cross before I came in? Is he okay? Uh, well, no, tomorrow. Well, no, tomorrow. He, he, he was a warrior. Uh, and so, also, I, I want to, uh, the last time I saw you people in here and all these cameras was on my the day that I got the job. So, <laughs> Well, I'll cut it short because right there he went into the <laughs> the meetings. Thank you guys for coming out. And again, high praise for, again, it, kind of an interesting take on it. It he, he said it right there. He wasn't taking it. There was no more victory for, for Tulane. But this is a program that you kind of see the effect that Houston had multiple in multiple ways, one on the court, but just off the court. This is a, a complete sellout. There were students waiting outside of the Devlin Fieldhouse. That was a long line for them, hours before the game tipped off. And whenever they were allowed to come in, they packed out the student section with the moment they were allowed to, to walk in. Still an hour left until tip. So from an, from a status of where the program had come, from where Ron Hunter had taken over, that's a lot of we had to say in terms of kind of the growth that he had seen with Tulane. But particularly when it comes to the Houston Cougars and how it relates to the number one team in the nation, I think it's interesting one when you think about the comments that Hunter said that he used what Kelvin Sampson has been able to establish at Houston as a blueprint for what he's doing over here in New Orleans at Tulane. Yeah, and, you know, that's interesting because as as D. Merrick – has stated he has not forgotten what Ron Hunter said when he was at Georgia Southern 
referring to Coach Sampson as grandpa. Um, <laughs> but that was Ron Hunter at Georgia Southern. Ron Hunter at Tulane is building a program and he's patterning um, Tulane's improvement after Kelvin Sampson, the tremendous job Coach Sampson and his staff have done at Houston. Because Coach Hunter's right. Y'all know it. When Kelvin Sampson took over this job at Houston, it was a bad job. It was a full rebuild necessary for this program. This program, the fans were apathetic. The administration was just going through the motions and and had just taken a nap in terms of facilities. And Coach Sampson told them, if you want to hire me, you got to promise me these things, X, Y, Z. And the administration, for the most part, has done that. And Coach Sampson has done his part, developing the program, the players. And look where they are now. They are nasty relevant year in, year out. And right now, they are the number one team in men's college basketball. Yeah, and that packed old crowd. I mean, it, not only is it good for Houston to see that, to prepare them going forward with their seeing the Big 12, every conference game, but not only that, I think it's good for the fans because you never know. It's rare that you get to see a number one team in the country. Not only that, it's rare that you get an opportunity to beat the number one team in the country. And what do you see when that happens? The crowd rushes the floor. So that's why they're going to see those packed houses game in, game out, especially while they're number one. And so um, I love it, not only for Houston, but for Tulane and every other school who doesn't routinely uh, pack out because it gives the, the student experience um, a good experience, potential to storm the court. And, and that's a good feeling. But for um, Coach Hunter, he, he's doing a good job of developing. They got some good guards over there. And for a spurt there, you see um, the recipe that can give huge the fits. When at first, of course, they had um, Forbes who was going. And then they had Jalen Cook who started making some shots. And that's how when they had the, those two players making shots, they were able to get the lead down, I believe, to five. And that's something that can give you some problems when you got dynamic guards, but using us also to counter that such a good job defending guards. But when you got guards that can create and make shots off the dribble, it's tough to defend. But shouts out to Tulane. I definitely think they're one of the teams to beat in the conference. Football um, won the conference championship, and their basketball is going to have a good year. Yeah, just on a side note, they showed Willie Fritz. He was in attendance. They showed him on the big board, and he got a standing ovation, as you, you'd expect. He's kind of come royal to here on the campus of Tulane but I think that was a cool moment there where he acknowledged that he's kind of planted in what Houston at, or what Kelvin Sampson has been able to do at Houston and what he's trying to do at Tulane now the other part of that soundbite in regards to his comments about Marcus Sasser and he's he called them the best guard in the conference and he said he'd also go to war with putting Jalen Forbes in that conversation as well do you guys agree with him Kendrick Davis says hello you know, Kendrick Davis is a hell of a player in this conference. But this conference has good guards. You know, the national media may not realize, but this conference has a lot of good guards. And I don't know if I'd pick Jalen Forbes over KD or not, but, you know, I could, I'll let's do the discussion, but I'd pick Kendrick Davis. Yeah, that's tough right there. But I, I think this year, I mean, to his credit, he scored 20 points over every conference game this season, and his team is second in the conference right now. But um, uh, Chris, uh, uh, the reigning player, conference player of the year, Kendrick Davis, of course, is in that conversation. 
But, I mean, it's a toss-up. You want more size with the ability to create off the dribble, make shots, or do you want a guard who can control the game like Chris and also make shots to get others involved? So it's pick your poison, but he's definitely in the upper echelon of guards for sure in the conference. Real quickly, before we transition over and hear what head coach Calvin Sampson had to say, while Houston's victory over Tulane, you are watching and or listening to Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family, the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Cougs, not only for this episode, but for the remainder of the men's basketball regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. Of course, we'd like to say to our other partners, beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, working at their micro collective, not a full collective, but they are working with Houston Cougars student athletes to create content, in particular when it comes to commercials with Star Pizza, like we've seen in the past with DeAnthony Jones, like we've seen with Big Hawk, and like we saw last week here on Let's Rage Cougs with Ryan Elbin in terms of athletes on the current roster, and of course, with alumni as well, with Dejan Giroux, who is part of that commercial with Ryan Elvin, and that transitions over to Star Pizza, who is another sponsor for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, with various locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit starpizza.net and make it your go-to spot for some hot pizza because you're always going to be in the mood for pizza next time you are. Make sure that it is Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Multiple locations you can order online on starpizza.net. Of course, our other partner for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs is H-O-U-N-I-L. As the Cougars move to the Big 12, Houston will be competing with national players in basketball like Kansas, who, hey, Kansas, big news right there. They finally fell tonight on Tuesday night, but I digress. We'll, we'll circle back to that later. But national players in basketball like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and more. Those schools have fans that have built huge name, image, and likeness groups to get their athletes NIL compensation, and that gives them a huge advantage over U of H, where NIL is still in its infancy, but you can help Cougar athletes by getting involved. Go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe to player-created content like essays, video podcasts, and get access to private events with U of H players. Players are compensated for creating content, and fans can get an inside look at their lives and clients start at just $20 a month. And that money helps the Cougars retain players to stay atop in basketball and help build momentum in football. Once again, that's HOUNIL.com. Subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from Cougar athletes. Subscribe today at H-O-U-N-I-L.com. And as always, go Cougs. And on that note, here's what Houston Cougars men's basketball head coach Kelvin Sampson had to say following Houston's 80-60 to 60 victory over Tulane. And there's not. And then after that, our ball's going in and there's not. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. Anything about what you guys were able to execute down the stretch or it was just plain and simple ball oh. Now, we missed a lot of open shots during that stretch. And then when we got the lead, they missed some open shots. So, it's, it's, you know, basketball is not a game of rocket science. So, when you start analyzing this thing, I just remember the old coach. I'm not near as smart as you guys. But I, I, I know that it's a simple game. When the ball goes in, sometimes it's making this. Um, I thought our defense was good. Uh, we guard them. Um, uh, and we did a great job of uh, defensive rebounding. We had to. Is there, uh, you know, anytime you can hold them to 35% from the floor in their gym in the second half, they scored 28 points. Uh, you guys you guys from New Orleans know better than me, but I think they were averaging about uh, 85 points a game. 
in conference play, 88. 88. Is that overall or just in this gym? Overall. What do you think about that? 88 points overall, and we hold them to uh, 28 points second half. And we'll, so at halftime, um, we knew there was a couple things that we're getting a little loose on. Uh, and this is our 19th game, so as a coach, you know where you're, you're where you have had a little slippage. You know, they they came out hot, then we tightened down and guarded them really good for a long time, and then um, then we had some time and score situations. For instance, I didn't call my use it or lose it timeouts in the first half, right? Um, but we had a. Mark got an offensive rebound. We got a couple offensive rebounds. And all of a sudden, the last one, the ball was, the, the uh, shot clock was under 30. So now that's, and we work on time and score all the time. So time and score situation dictated that we bring the ball out and hold it for one, and I have the option of using my, using my user to lose it, right? But I didn't, because Tremont, instead of bringing it out, shot it, and, and, and so we were at 40-28. So instead of 40-28, it's now 40-32. Because, because of a poor decision. Uh, but those are the things that you work on as coaches. You know, put, put those things in the pocket, uh, go to practice, and uh, uh, use that situation to get better. Our freshmen, our freshmen especially, will learn from that. Um, what could you say about Sasser's recent form and what his, um, his scoring ability and composure in an environment like this does for the team? Yeah. Um, you know, we've had so many guys step up in key moments. Uh, the freshman Arsenal, I remember, was really good at uh, Oregon. Um, uh, Walker and Mark both were really good at Virginia. Uh, Cincinnati, we had two or three guys really good. But Marcus, you know, just playing okay. Not playing bad. You know, don't confuse shooting poorly with playing bad. A lot of times you don't make shots, but you're playing great. Marcus always plays really good, but he, he hasn't shot the ball well until recently. But nobody puts more time in it, and I've always believed that eventually your work, your your work, and your uh, sweat equity uh, will pay off. And Marcus is too good a shooter. He's, he's missing a ton of wide open shots, um, but he's learned to trust his teammates too. He, he didn't have to go work for him as hard. That's, that's why this is a really good passing team. Walker's a really good passer. Um, uh, Roberts is a really good passer. Obviously, Shed and Tremont. Tremont's a good playmaker. So once once he realized that, um, you know, guy, guys that are, uh, you know, scouts are following, and we've had a ton of NBA guys, um, and that's a blessing that we've had, you know, whether it was Nate Hedden or Quentin Grimes or, Monty Brooks, uh, go down the list, uh, Dejan Giroux, we've got a bunch of NBA, guys NBA guys look at. And, and you got to be careful that, that you got to be careful in your uh, teaching to them uh, not to let that affect how you play. You're not playing for them, you're playing for your teammates. What is it we need from you to help us win? Uh, some nights it may be six assists and ten points, some nights it might be 20 points and no assists. Once again, that was Houston Cougars head coach, Kelvin Sampson. So he touched on a lot of different things, including that answer that they had to the 11-1 run that the Tulane had to cut Houston's deficit to just 
five. And then, of course, kind of the progression that Marcus Sasser has seen, especially in the last two games when it comes to an offensive resurgence. And particularly what he said, you know, don't confuse when when shots aren't falling in. Don't confuse it for a player playing bad. But in particular, when it comes to Marcus Sasser's case, and he mentioned the ball movement, something that at times could even I don't know if you could say hurts this team, but just the personality of this, this team where they're, they're all kind of much more pass first, top to bottom, with the exception with a, a few couple players. And at times it, it'll kind of work against them, if that makes sense. That's something that it was kind of a change in mindset. We'll hear from Marcus Sasser before the conclusion of this show and hear what he had to say. But that's kind of at halftime of the difference. And he was just looking to be more aggressive coming out of the tunnel in the second half. And, and that's the role he's played lately. He lets his teammates eat, as more and more folks say in basketball vernacular lately, in the first half. And then he's taken over in the second half. And he's, he's still being efficient, as he touched on, what, almost not quite two weeks ago. So the team is playing better. Jairus Walker had an off first half. Turnover, he just seemed out of sorts. But he played better in the second half. This team just has ways. Offensively, this team is better than previous Houston Cougar teams. Defensively, they're not elite compared to those teams. So they're winning differently this year. That's what Coach Sampson does. They don't like to say it many times. Coach Sampson allows the game to determine how to play, how to run plays, what to do, what plays a call. The game will tell you what to do. This team's winning differently, and they're eighteen and one. He really just described that. He said the game isn't rocket science. It tell you right. whether we need you to score twenty points, so oh, we need you to have ten assists. And Jamal's a good example of that because he's the one that kind of dictates that. Whether they need to score twenty, he'll score twenty. Going all the way back to against Arizona in the tournament, or this year at different times, but also with Marcus. I really, I don't early on, he just wasn't making shots. The, he yeah. was getting the same shots, but he just wasn't knocking them down to the efficient rate that he is now. And then that second half, he just, just got going. It just really just went off. I mean, Andy, you was in the building. And what did it look like in person? I mean, I, I know what it looked like on TV, but when you see him going like that, what is it like? What is the crowd like when they see him? Are, are they gasping after every shot? Oh, absolutely. You can hear, especially whenever they, they came out of the second half, there was kind of, well, first of all, the people hadn't settled in yet coming out of halftime. There was still kind of a, a, a murmur as everyone tried to fall back into their seats, which Devlin Fieldhouse is an interesting setup with the way it's structured. But when, when you look at how Marcus has, he personally started the second half on an 8-0 run. And that, by the time everyone kind of, had kind of settled down, all the buzz from the arena had just been taken out. A big reason for that was because Marcus Sasser, every time he let go of this release, you could kind of hear like oh, that, that that kind of mm-hmm. anxiety or just kind of that that like, dang, here here he goes again. It's going to every and especially since he has such a smooth motion, everyone thinks it's going in the moment he releases it and they were able to make that rally. It looked like they had cut it. They had cut it to five two lane. This place was popping again. It was energetic. And then again, not just Marcus Sasser in that instance, a lot of other players, Jamon Mark, Jamal Shedd, they were all able to one execute and just hit daggers. And towards the three minute mark, when Houston had extended this lead, it was kind of clear that the game had been put out of reach. 
and Marcus Sasser hit another three. And then immediately after you see that, people start heading for the exits. I mean, it, it, the way to describe it for Houston, at least in this game against Tulane and what we've seen a lot in the season, a, a buzzsaw. They just continue and continue and continue to produce. And a lot of teams, you know, there have been some instances where UCF, USF, Alabama have been able to hang with Houston. But for a majority of the season, teams just have not been able to have enough weapons. And like you saw in that clip from Ron Hunter, he didn't have the luxury to be able to rest the starters. He was using his timeout to buy them rest. They don't have, they're not deep like Houston. The Cougars just keep coming and coming and coming. And they keep going and going and going. And most teams just cannot, they don't have enough weapons to, one, be able to handle that skill set that Houston has, that versatility, and two, be able to go toe to toe for them for in a full 40-minute game. Yeah, another thing that stuck out to me and that Coach Sampson mentioned was the ball movement because the ball movement goes back into the chemistry and as well as the um, consistent offensive as a team because they move the ball so well. So you can't really just hone in on Marcus as much because the ball is steadily moving. And then after he goes to eight straight, Jamal will drive in and make a buck in. So like Andy saying, they're constantly moving them specifically in the ball. It's just – Offensively, th- this team is really hitting its stride, whether it be turning you over, getting out in a half court, I mean, getting out in a full court, getting points off of those turnovers, or if it's executing in a half court or getting wh- whatever the case may be, this team can beat you in a plethora of ways. They know how to handle runs and they got an ultimate closer that if the game is close or if it's not too close, we need to put you away. We got somebody we, who can uh, put a knife in your heart. Last four games, Marcus is 19 for 39 from three. I think that's pretty damn good. <laughs> 19 mm-hmm. for 39 from three. Touch on a couple of things in our comment section. The offensive rebounding, well, it, it comes depends on the opponent because yeah. one home game, the Cougs shot well and still re- rebounded offensively almost – 60% of their misses tonight. It was about 30% of their misses, but they still shot 50% from the floor. So there weren't that many misses to even rebound. And then Justin's question about the number one team being on ESPN plus that's more to do with the conference. Just, you know, this, this is American game. The American is on ESPN plus big 12 is on, big 12 is on ESPN. They weren't going to bump Kansas, Kansas state. Big 12 had a ranked game on ESPN Plus tonight for right. Texas and Iowa State. So I don't know if that's an American thing or what is it, but I don't think these games are just just really honestly big enough <laughs> to well, be. That too. I mean, I think it's, it's in terms of contract. You know, the American is contracted to so many games on ESPN Plus. That number is going to be bigger than contracts for Big 12. Big 12's got ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, and ESPN+. Plus, So, won't be an issue in a few months. <laughs> so, this is the way it is. The Cougs got a few more games on ESPN+. Plus and plus, because of the contract, but I think the conference is hoping that fans will spend money to see the number one team in the country on ESPN+. Plus. Some fans will do that, too. Some fans say, hey, I want to see the Cougs play. How much is it? Okay, I'll take that 10 bucks for a month. I'll do that. 
Some fans be like, nope. Tell me when they come on ESPN. Well, they'll be on ESPN on Sunday. <laughs> Give or take. Yeah, and that, that's such a interesting thing. And when you look at how the local media here in the in the New Orleans area responded, I mean, they had a lot of TV stations, something that Ron Hunter said at the conclusion of his postgame conference. This was going back to yesterday when they had their availability during their practice. They said they saw all the cameras going in, said he had a joke. He said he had thought he had gotten fired. He said he was going to go talk to the athletic director when he saw all the cameras in the facility for Tulane yesterday ahead of this game. But that just goes to show the impact that Houston, at least having that number one tag on you from a media standpoint has on on an opposing team, in this case, Tulane, and from a fan perspective, sellout, a rowdy crowd. And it's interesting to note, once they get into the Big 12, obviously a year from now, it'll be a much different circumstance if Houston's still in this position where they're number one come a year from now. But, you know, again, when you think, look at the American, ESPN Plus on the American, very different when you think of ESPN Plus in for the Big 12. But real quickly, one final time that this is let's rage Cooks presented by the saxinian family the saxinian family is the primary sponsor of let's rage Cooks not only for this episode but for the remainder of the regular season and into the american athletic conference postseason tournament let's rage Cooks, the unofficial houston postgame show of football and men's basketball and of course thank you to our partners beginning with h-o-u-n-i-l h-o-u-n-i-l.com is a subscription-based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar student-athletes and fans. H-O-U-N-I-L helps Houston athletes benefit from the new name, image, and likeness rules. Athletes create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the players need is for you to subscribe. Plans start at just $20 a month, and that money goes to UH athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on a national stage, subscribe at H-O-U-N-I-L.com. And, of course, shout-out to our other partners, beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials, who is our third sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Cook. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net to view their not only view their menu, but order online across their various restaurants in the Houston area we've talked a lot about marcus sasser and you know let's just hear from him because we have talked to him about him a lot here's what he had to say post game following houston's victory over two lane i do what i do best for the team i feel like i was passing up a couple shots but you know i was just trying to be a facilitator at the time but he was just telling me um, just doing what i do best is just gonna help the team so i just took what he said and put it to use in the second half Marcus, can you describe for you like that, that second half to start out? Like, I think you hit like your first four shots coming out of the second half. Yeah. Was it something that clicked? Was it just you hitting your shots? Was, was um, just kind of- coming out being aggressive. Um, I feel like first half I was being passive, you know, I wasn't trying to be that aggressive, but just put my mind on being aggressive and trying to put the ball in the hole. And just, I really just got rolling when I seen the ball go to the hoop. I mean, you've got a couple of games to go now. You think you're rounding in the form. I mean, is this you playing somewhere? Yeah, um, I just feel like I had to, you know, get back. Um, and really just try to adjust. Cause, you know, this year team's just playing me different and stuff like that. So as the season goes on, you know, you learn to adjust. And I feel like I learned how to adjust now. I'll be comfortable, you know, playing um, while the season keeps going. What players can they learn? I mean, you know, a lot of these guys have been here in a long time. I mean, they need to be quiet down to the end. Is that 
you know, a nice moment to win your first It's always a good feeling, you know, when you go on the road and you get a big W like that. But I just feel like that's part of adversity. Um, I feel like we part of our culture, you know, we, we prepare for that. So, you know, when, when it does happen, we come out with the outcome like this. I just really just got to play through adversity and be confident. But I think that's what we did tonight. Marcus Coach was talking about how this team is a really, really good passing team. You guys are able, able to, to set you guys each other up. From from your perspective, how do you think it adds like an extra layer to how how more difficult does it make it for you guys to be guarded when you guys can pass the bar? I think you yeah. guys have like over 20 assists. Yeah, I feel like all five of us, you know, the host on five, um, kind of a pass first mindset. So, like it, like it's um, Coach said, he told one of us to be aggressive. So, um, sometimes I feel like it can hurt us, but you know, that's always a positive when you got five people that love to pass the ball. It's always a good feeling, you know, to do that. I feel like that's kind of like the dagger, you know, so it's always good to hit them dagger shots like that. How many weapons do you think this team has? Because at the first half, it was Tremont and Juwan. They had like well, 16 points to start the game, and then Jamal Shetty got in there as well. And then obviously, of course, you. Like, how? what's the feeling of this offense? Um, I, don't, I still don't think we even close to our still mm -hmm. We're still learning how to gel and play together with each other, but I feel like that's what can make us so dangerous because, you know, everybody is a weapon. Everybody do something good. And that's why I feel like each night, you don't never know who's going to go off. But this team is real deep, so we got a lot of work to do, really. And I feel like we ain't even close to our ceiling. And the last one, what were you thinking then? I know you responded to seven straight points, and you hit a three during the game. But I think you also hit the, you hit the pull-up number two. Or uh, that was Timor. Yeah. 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 Um, just, you know, it's basketball. It's a game, it's a game of runs. You know, when they go on the run, Coach Collins, good timeout, you know, settle us down, and try to settle the crowd down. And, you know, we just have to take a step back, and, you know, get back to our principles, try to get stops, and try to go on our run. And I feel like that's what we did. Still a lot of seeding left for this Houston Cougars offense. They haven't really scratched the surface. And I asked a similar question to Jamal Shedd, and he kind of mirrored the same sentiments from Marky Sasser. I think Jamal kind of expanded a little bit more on it in terms of you know, this still, when you look at the starting lineup and last season, this is the starting five. They It's not a cohesive unit in terms of they, they played with each other last year and they're just coming into the season sliding in. Tremont Mark, he missed most of the season with his labrum tear. Marcus Sassarino's story with his foot. Jawan Roberts sliding into the starting position. And, of course, Jarvis Walker is a freshman. So, from Jamal Shedd's perspective, he said that they're still learning their games, for lack of a better phrase, and they're still continuing to prove day in and day out, which, from an outside perspective, makes this team offensively the potential they have even that much more impressive and really from an opposing perspective, scary. That's the thing. We've touched on it throughout these Let's Rage Cougs shows. This team offensively has so many weapons. It really is for an opponent, pick your poison. Because there have been some games recently where the shots weren't falling for Jamal shit. Tonight they were. So that's, that's another weapon for him, for the team. Jess Walker, shot wasn't falling for him tonight. And the team still scored 80 points. Okay, just imagine if Jairus, Juan, Marcus, Jermon, Jamal, Emmanuel all have 
shooting great shooting games in the same game. Who's going to be that team? So offensively, this team still has room to get better. You know, we're quibbling about the defense isn't great. Who's an elite defensive player? May not be on this year's team, but this team has more offensive weapons. And that's how they might be people. Yeah, and exactly what he said is exactly what I see in regards to their chemistry getting better and better and them learning each other better and better because it, it seems more um, effortlessly. It seems like they're just, just out there just hooping, and like they know each other's spots. They know each other want the ball. And then Jairus, um, his second half, so that shot that, like Marcus just said, when you see the ball go through the net, I think Jairus shot a three foot step out of bounds, but saw that ball go through the net. Then you see his aggression turn up, but mm-hmm. even more. Then he started getting it going a little bit, and he had his stretch where he had it going. But like Chris is saying, if you have a game where everyone's clicking, I mean, this team is going to be hard to beat. But you look, you got four of your starters in double figures tonight. Yeah. And so when you have something like that and your All-American player who, if he could continue on this rate, I think he probably can win player of the year. Um, there's some other players out there like um, Jalen Wilson for Kansas that's in the running and um, as well as um, the big kid that's at that, Purdue right now. Edie, yeah. Yeah, um, Edie. Yeah. And so but if Marcus can keep playing on this clip and he can keep having the success that he's having, um, he could definitely – make a run for that award. But overall, I mean, the chemistry is just growing. The ball movement um, doesn't hesitate. They, they, I feel like they know when they need to get a shot from Marcus or from whomever it be, they always touch the ball at the right time. And um, Tremont, I think his ability not only to make outside shots, but to be prolific and efficient in that mid-range game, it, it just makes him even more potent on the offensive end because you have to account for him. You can't. Um, sag off of him when Jamal is penetrating and breaking down the defense or when Marcus is in, in the pick and roll offense and he's creating or getting all the way inside or going one-on-one and isolating. And so everyone can beat you. And like he just said, everyone is good at something and that chemistry is only getting better and better. And I don't think they reached a ceiling yet, like he said. And Reggie Cheney came off the bench and provided a spark defensively. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even talked about Javier Francis, another potential weapon for this team going forward. Emmanuel Sharp hit a big three. He was the first yeah. non-Tremont Mark, Jordan Roberts Cougar to score in this game early on the first half. So, again, going back to the theme just a little bit earlier in the show, so many weapons, top to bottom. We're not even talking about Terrence Arsenal. We're not even talking about yeah. a lot. <laughs> uh, Ramon Walker, who back with the program, rejoined, he flew out, made the trip down to New Orleans and went through Orleans to practice yesterday with the team. So that's that's good news and positive directions in terms of him being able to rejoin the program. But again, he was a, a key piece in Houston's team last year. Granted, a, a big reason for that was due to injuries. But again, it just goes back to that depth with this Houston Cougars team, which that's their biggest asset. That is, and that's one thing Coach Hunter touched on. Tulane does not have the quality depth that this Houston team does. So th- th- these coups can just wear you down. And Coach Sampson did not go deep into his bench. And at some point, he might go 8, 9, 10 deep. Then what are some teams going to do? Because there are other teams who can match them player for player deep. But it's not a lot. And I don't, 
Not only that, not many players have the quality of five to six players that we have. Like uh, Coach Hunter mentioned, they don't have the depth, but also they don't have the quality of a collection of five or six or seven players, or even if you just want to go with five that Houston has to be able um, to to sustain a, a high level of game throughout a, a full forty minutes, and so I mean Houston, I mean they they're just rolling right. I don't I can't see anyone beating them at least in the next week or two. I, I think they're going to continue this win streak. It's going to grow more and more. And, you know, Houston, they've won nine in a row. Sorry, Chris, I, I'll get, go back to you in a bit. But they've won nine in a row now. They improved to eighteen and one, down six and zero in the American Athletic Conference. They now have a two-game cushion over everybody else in the American Athletic Conference. Say. Yep, it is barely January seventeenth, and they already have a two-game cushion. This is something we're going to cheap plug to the Pod Slam and Jamma podcast. For those of you that are watching on the Houston Rombar Review, go be sure to subscribe to the Pod Slam and Jamma YouTube channel. But something that Dayon and I touched on in our recent episode on Monday night. But that's something that, and Obviously, we know the answer from national perspective. If Houston, say, if they were to lose more than one conference game, there's going to be that argument like, hey, this is this, this is probably why they shouldn't be the number one seed. But do you guys think from another perspective in terms of being battle-tested that that would affect the Houston Cougars come the NCAA tournament time if they say they, they – and all three of us don't think that they'll be able to cruise through the conference and go undefeated. But say they do and face relatively – non-challenge i know ucf and usf have given houston problems but say they are able to cruise could that hurt houston in terms of not being battle tested once they get into the nc tournament it could i mean it depends on the team the matchups but they and you touched on it they, they have been tested already in conference play in these first six games you know by ucf and usf so the, this team is at the point where we are searching for things to find negative about this team. <laughs> okay. You know, potentially what could be wrong? What could hurt this team? This team is not perfect. They do have issues defending guys who can get buckets one-on-one. That could be an issue, but this team is different than previous teams because they can score and match that person and may have more offensive weapons than many other teams that they will face in the country this year. So let's enjoy the ride. I mean, as Coach Sampson makes fun of us in media, you know, we, we, we overanalyze and analyze the game and this, that, you know, that's what he does. That's what you guys do. That's your job. I'm going to take the win and move on. So let's just take the win and move on and tip along Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think they um, are being challenged game every game. Like it was a challenge tonight when they got the lead cut to five. Yeah. On the road, that's a challenge and adversity they have to overcome, which can help them going forward. And so to your question, Andy, if they can win out, and they're going to be challenges within these individual games, but as long as they get the win, um, it could be hard for them to – it just depends on what happens in other conferences, though. Because if Kansas only loses one game in conference play, in which I don't think they will, then then they rightfully should deserve (laughs) a number one seed. And so it just depends on what happens. But for Houston, taking care of what they can – controlling what they can control, if they, they can take care of business, it'll put the position them right where they want to be. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and because other teams are losing or have lost in their conferences, the Cougs are positioning themselves to be a one seed. Just a question of 
how high up a one seed do they become? If the number one overall seed, they will need other teams to lose multiple times, you know, probably two or three times, and then only lose maybe one more time in conference play. That's mm-hmm. doable. Maybe not, you know, very likely because you need Kansas to lose a couple more times, Purdue to lose a couple more times, Alabama, Alabama beat Houston, so they need to lose a few more times as well. But the Cougs will be in Las Vegas region, as most bracketologists say right now. But they're at a point where they would, if they would have lost tonight, they would have still been a number one seed. That's how well they're playing, and how other teams losing has benefited Houston. Yeah, and like Dion said, at the end of the day, you can only control what you can control, which is going to be interesting going down the stretch. Houston returns to action on Sunday against Temple, and then they travel on the road, another tough road challenge, next Wednesday at in Orlando at UCF, which, of course, like we mentioned, New Year's Eve, the Knights came into the Fertitta Center and gave the Houston Cougars a tough challenge. Now, Chris, that game on against UCF on Wednesday will be on ESPN Plus yes. as well. So, like the D Skill said, I would take being on. E- I wouldn't take being on ESPN Plus as disrespect. ESPN is trying to build that subscriber base. They don't want to be seen as the service for scrub games forever, which is a valid point. But then. Chris, you bring up a valid point too when it comes to hmm, Houston and UCF. I think it's interesting. Both those both matchups, matchups are, 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 were on ESPN, on ESPN Plus. Plus for the American Athletic. But as we wind things down here, I'm the last person left standing here inside of the Devlin Fieldhouse. Even the two lane communication staff is gone. So now when we wrap things up, one of the players that we haven't touched on. A lot in regards to Houston's victory over Tulane was Jawan Roberts, who him alongside Tremont Mark, they played key roles early on in the first half to keep Houston offensively afloat. While Tulane, Tulane came out, and it really seemed like they, I wouldn't say if you'd call it on fire, but it seemed like they were doing a good job being able to keep pace with Houston early on. And Mark and Jawan Roberts were, especially Roberts, and were able to provide support for Houston offensively. And Roberts in particular went on a stretch where he scored a string, a series of points that kept Houston afloat. And, you know, I'm, I'm old school, so I, I love when teams work inside out. And the Cougs started the game going, the one down low the block, inside out. And he got dunks, jump hooks, he got whatever he wanted. <laughs> and Tulane had to adjust. And that's the benefit of him getting to his spot. Deion talks about it. He gets to that shoulder, gets that left hook. If it's going, then teams have to, okay, how are we going to defend him? If the double team, Juwan, then Juwan kick it out. And you just swing the ball up around, around the perimeter for open threes. Cooks had a role in early on because John Roberts had a role in himself early on. Great start for him. And although he does get um, a lot of his stuff in the half court and they do run sets for him, he's still one of those players where you don't have to run sets for him. And yeah. He can still be just as dominant and just as effective. And so just like on any given game where he might not have – high number in scores, but he can still be just as effective and just as dominant. He's one of those players, like I mentioned, like, what do you need, coach? And he can go out and deliver that. So kudos to him for not only developing that offensive game and being able to be counted on when we need it and um, and being able to produce it. So uh, he's, he's definitely going to be a vital piece going forward. He had, I think, a layup and three dunks out of his first six <laughs> buckets. <laughs> so. 
I mean, Javier Francis got a couple of points in that fashion too. It's like something that Calvin touched under in his his post game conference too. They knew coming into the game, like Tulane, they knew what they like to run on defense, particularly the different zone looks that they give. So what makes them tough is the talent that they have and being able to execute that. So he felt that the Gurus were well prepared coming into the game. It's just a matter of being able to execute the game plan they had set forth, which stretches the Houston Cougars were able to do, and they were able to pull out the 20-point victory. So now, as we wrap things up, top to bottom, uh, Chris, I'll go over to you first. Any takeaways, any additional takeaways that you have from Houston's 80-60 victory as we wind things down here on Let's Rage Cougs? I just checked the stats. The Cougs made 12 threes, had five layups, and six dunks. So they beat Tulane inside. They beat Tulane outside. When you got it rolling like that both ways, it's going to be hard to beat a team. And now, as we all know, Cougs are 6-0 in the conference. Two games up on, in the loss column over everybody else. So Tulane, excuse me, Temple on Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. on ESPN. So just got to come back, learn from mistakes, tweaks here and there, defensively, rotations, communication a little bit. You know, we're picking at things here to, to find fault with in a 20-point road win. But Marcus Sasser, once again, closed the deal in the second half, scored 17 of his 23 in the second half. Looked like an All-American. So great sign for the Cougs going forward. And they are the number one team in the country, period. And down. Uh, one thing stuck out to me, Houston, too many turnovers. They had 14 turnovers tonight. Tulane was able to get 10 points off of those turnovers and Consequently, Houston forced 14 turnovers as well, but had 22 points off of those turnovers. But those turnovers allowed Tulane to get back into the game. So Houston has to do a better job of taking care of the basketball, especially as we get closer and closer to March and just kind of clean up the game and not have turnovers to have those laps and allow teams to get back in the game, especially when you're up in such a large margin. And so as long as they can take care of the basketball, continue to play free, move it, play play unselfishly, and they're going to continue um, to win and go as far as we want them to go. Right on point. Once again, the final score inside of the Devlin Fieldhouse in New Orleans. Houston Cougars, number one Houston Cougars, both in the Associated Press and USA Today's coaches poll, Ken Palm, the net rankings. The list goes on and on and on with this Houston Cougars. They walk away with 80 points while Tulane, they only walk away with 60. Chris, like you alluded to, Houston as a team shot 55% from the field on three-pointers alone. They shot 50% on those shots. And when as a team you shoot 50% from three, you're not going to lose often. They got 36 points off three-pointers. So, again, just goes to show how dominant of a performance, how dominant, how strong of a performance that was for Houston offensively. Marcus Sasser, again, the leading scorer for Houston. He finished with 23 points. 17 of his 23 points came in the second half. Jamal Shedd, he had 14 points, threw in an additional seven assists. Jermon Mark had 12 points. He had seven rebounds. And Jawan rebounds. Javier Francis didn't have double-digit points, but he did have nine rebounds. He had six points. So, Javier Francis getting it done as well. Chris, where can people... Or Jairus Walker, did I... Yes, you're yeah, you're right. Jarris Walker had six points, he had nine rebounds. Javier Francis had four points and three rebounds. So 
was a freshman beginning to being able to execute rebounding as well, which is something that, that Calvin's mentioned in the past. Chris, where can people find you on social media and anything else you'd like to plug? Appreciate it, Andy. As always, love being part of the Less Rage Cougs post-game shows, and we've got to discuss um, a pre-game show for a road game coming up at some point during conference play. But you can find me on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R-Review, the, some folks say the, some folks say the, H-R Review, Houston Rombar Review, of course, on YouTube, Houston Rombar Review on Instagram, as well as TikTok, at interview with someone Rocket fans know about, Natalie Alvarado, that's posted on my YouTube channel. She's the instructor of everything over there, dance-related, entertainment-related for the Rockets. I was uh, invited to be Talk Cougs and H-Town Basketball on the Ad Drop podcast. That'll be posted tomorrow on Wednesday with uh, Terrence Briggs, I believe is his last name. Terrence invited me to be on there talking Cougs and TSU and Prairie View and HCU, et cetera. So that was fun to do. Talking basketball is always a thrill for me. But HoustonRoundBarReview.com, been doing this a long time, since 1994. Houston Round Bar Review, local name, global perspective. And Dayon, where can people find you? Anything else you'd like to plug? Find me on all social media. It's at Dayon Dunlap. That's at D-A-Y-O-N-D-U-N-L-A-P. Of course, um, follow our social media accounts, Let's Raise Cougs on TikTok and Instagram, and also Pod Slam Jamma and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And um, thank you all for the continuous support. Thank you all for tuning in for the live post game. Appreciate all the comments and interactions. And uh, as we continue to go on, we got more um, comments. Stay locked in. We got more, like Chris always says, onward and upward. Once again, the final score from New Orleans. Number one, Houston Cougars, 80. The two-lane green wave, 60. Houston Cougars return to action on Sunday afternoon inside the Fertitta Center against the Temple Owls. That'll be a 2 p.m. tip-off central time. And once again, in Houston at the Fertitta Center. Until then, we'll be back following the conclusion of that game here for Let's Rage Cougs. Take care. And as always, Dayon, you get the final say. Close us out. Go Cougs.